space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We're in Chronodate Season 3, Episode 19 of the podcast and Season 1, Episode 17 of Season 1 of the Enterprise series. This is Rogue Planet. Uh, again, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to pull him up on the device. I think this is uh, a new record because uh, I think it's only a few days since our last recording. Uh, but Dan, are you there? Incoming transmission. Yes, I am indeed. Hello again. Excellent. Have they given you the loyalty card in the waiting room uh, for the recording schedules? Yes, I'm hoping. Yeah. Yes, I'm hoping for my free coffee. Quite sure, surely. Yeah, uh, you can trade it in for a free rack to Gino, uh, Jumjar stick. You know, you name it. As long as you get six stamps, you're all good. So uh, there you go. Uh, I think. I think. <laughs> I think you're there now. So there we go. I think. Yeah, I might be. Yeah, I think I might have just about made six now. <laughs> Why they can't <laughs> just you know let you into my office space? I mean, there's not much room here. It's pretty contained. Uh, there's just me, a set of boxes, you know, some servers in the background, as you can probably hear all the bleeps and bloops. But, you know, there we go. We have to keep you in the office and call you in. But, uh, <laughs> um, right. Well, Rogue Planet, uh, any thoughts on the episode in general first before coming in? Did you remember this one? Um, yes, I did remember this one. I, I, um, yeah, I quite like this one. I won't say too much yet, obviously, because... Uh, Otherwise, it'd be quite a short podcast. But um, yeah, uh, and on a rewatching, I've got some thoughts. Definitely, yeah. Nice. I have to say, I I sort of remember them going to a rogue planet. Like, I remember the idea of a rogue planet being pretty cool. You know, there's no star; it's very dark. But I don't really remember the plot to this one. Uh, I seem to remember that there was, you know, a, a, a vision that Archer was seeing, but I couldn't remember that it was a woman. That this this thing happens. It, it's very very sketchy in my mind so in the swiss cheese brain that i have where i'm sort <laughs> of remembering this um it's uh, it's very strange um but we're going into the episode and we start at the beginning zero minutes zero seconds because we're still not got any temporal shenanigans going on <laughs> and i think this is actually a record because i'm going straight in with the traitred it's time you learn to weigh the possible repercussions of your actions you've always been impulsive one pan-fried catfish. It showed you to the nearest airlock. Maybe this will teach you This this episode, it's it's trip again. He was doing so well. He's had like two or three episodes in a run now where I haven't had anything bad to say about the guy. But now he's shoving a camera in someone's face again. He's doing it again. It's strange new world all over again. Um <laughs> I know he's been asked to do it. I know that he's been asked to put this portrait uh, in the halls of Starfleet Academy uh, and that Archer is just as peeved with it as, as well. But he's just doing it again. He's he's constantly trying to get the right angle, telling Trip, uh, telling um, 
uh, to pole to go and turn the lights down you know dim it can we you know get the good light in um oh he's just being a terrible diva with his uh you know just because he's got a camera uh so i'm straight in with it I'll, I'll do anything i can to keep this bit going for at least the, the first season um but um any thoughts on this uh you know trying to keep the halls of starfleet academy decorated with all their famous captains uh given that they've only got one so far um uh, and the fact that the vulcans don't do anything like this they don't celebrate their captains and don't have sort of portraits and things like that well strangely un- unlike you i really quite like this bit <laughs> um um what i really like about it is there's a couple of things really one is that it was a very sort of pally um little scene and and i like that it was almost you know like they were taking the mickey a bit out of the captain and stuff and there was a bit of sort of you know there's a there's a look from um from uh reed at one point and you know just and and i really i really liked what to said about you know that we don't have um captains vulcan captains are celebrated for their achievements not for what they look like you know as if <laughs> to say well you haven't done anything yet so you know <laughs> So I, I really liked that scene. I quite liked um, tripping it, actually, to be honest <laughs> with you. So I'm going against the grain slightly, yeah. but yeah. I have to say, I'm being a bit facetious. Uh, this was a stretch for me that it was part of the trade trade. But uh, yeah, he's still shoving that camera in his face. Even after they find the rogue planet, he is still desperate yeah. to try and get that. And even Archer seems to be getting a bit peeved with it because it's like, put it away, get rid of it, stop, <laughs> stop talking. Um uh, there's always that moment where you know you've got your friend and he's just pushing his luck a bit too much so we're just gonna talk through gritted teeth and just stop doing it um but yes uh, it, w- it was a fun scene and i do like the idea that um uh that the vulcans don't celebrate the your looks and that it's your achievements and you know given that he's uh, according to saval uh, just a few episodes ago back in uh, uh the shadows of bajem uh, he was uh, claiming that archer has destabilized an entire sector so given that you know He's infamous, maybe not famous, but he's infamous. That's uh, certainly there. The infamous El Guapo. What does that mean, infamous? Oh, Dusty. Infamous is is when you're more than famous. This man, El Guapo, is not just famous. He's infamous. Wow, the infamous? Infamous? We go through the credits and we come straight into examining the rogue planet itself, the idea of a rogue planet, um, I've always found interesting, the idea that it's been thrown out of its gravitational pull of a solar system uh, and it could still survive because it's got things like thermal pockets and geothermal heat will be able to keep or sustain any life on uh, on the planet. I've always liked the theory of a rogue planet. Um, a- any thoughts on sort of the weird science behind this and, and the strangeness of it? Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I don't know if it's a... A real concept i've never i don't know um i think it's it theoretical think, yeah is it right so i, I was thinking of space 1999 actually mm. another sort of english or british um throwback idea but you know that idea of it being thrown out of orbit um but yeah i, I like that I, I quite like the the setup um mm. it's it's um an interesting idea and the thermals are a very good sort of solution to 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 have something worth seeing on the planet so that mm. works really well so yeah i, I quite like it actually and I, I, you know it's um it's a it's a nice little idea and again I've, i'll come back to this later in the episode when we chat more about it but it's quite a nice little solution i think mm. 
yeah it's it's a good setup because obviously now you can film in the night time you can make something spooky you can get some sort of um, dramatic effect out of it um from the little that i was able to research again i am no scientist as as we know from this podcast i'm just an admin officer in the bowels of the temporal directives just uh, filing all these paper uh, paperwork away uh, on every pad that comes through um and uh, from what i found out is that if you had a rogue planet the atmosphere would have to be so thick to contain the heat and keep it all in that it would be quite hard for them to then go down to the planet even if animal okay. life or indigenous life were on there it would be quite hard for the humans to just walk around and treat it like an m-class planet um so it did make me think that you know again as i've said in previous episodes keep the spacesuits on keep going with the spacesuits <laughs> Um, they didn't. Uh, they didn't just even think to have the spacesuits on first before going onto the planet. Um, just, it's a big bugbear, and it's becoming a bit of a trope. I have to say, I'm starting to agree with uh, with Reed quite a few times whenever he says, like, maybe, maybe we should take some more precautions. There we go. Um, which is funny because I just watched an interview. Uh, it was a throwback interview to when this um, season was just first coming out, and um, the actor who played Reed. Uh, hated the spacesuits whenever he saw in the script that you know oh it's another spacesuit scene he was like i was he was genuinely trying to think up ways of calling in sick or uh, you know underperforming so he didn't have to be in the episode so much so he could get out the spacesuit so i just find it funny that reed would be the one to actually yeah. say, let's get the spacesuits um uh, there's a whole thing about landing and you know he could do it with his eyes closed i did like a, there was a little expression now i'm not entirely sure if this is a brit expression or how, how far this travels but proof is in the pudding and i quite like the little read uh you know well proof is in the pudding kind of thing come on show, yeah. show us your skills come on um uh hoshi mentioned about having to land in the amazon and how difficult that was as well and we get some funky eyeglasses uh, yes. some little uh, night vision glasses which uh, you know look like uh, google glass mixed with yeah. <laughs> uh, some dominion software as well but there we go they land on the planet and we get a whole scene back and forth between archer and reed about the eagle scouts and oh i had 26 badges oh i had 28 badges and he already has one for ecobiology uh, any thoughts on, on them first landing and this little uh, tete-a-tete between reed and archer i really like that little scene um I just like the way he says something like, um, well, 26, that's very good. You know, <laughs> and saying it really isn't, you know, I beat you. It's it's so it's so sort of right for um for Malcolm, you know, it's just yep. it's it's just how he would think it'd be, you know, it, you can see it inside him, he's like going, Yes, I got more, <laughs> you know. He's so happy about that, you know. And um yeah, so I, I really like that. It's not again. They do that very well. I've noticed having sort of rewatched this, obviously for the podcast and stuff, and and sort of, I've really noticed these little scenes they do. I mean, you know, mm. Enterprise gets a lot of stick, yeah. And I think you know, especially the first season, I think a lot of it is justified. But I like I like these little scenes they do. They're, they're very good. They really yeah. are. They're very nice little touches. Absolutely, and it the. The photograph scene at the beginning, despite my traitred, really do love it. It is funny. Mm. And it's, again, something you could only tell with the Enterprise crew because it's the first steps taking these yep. photos and so on. And, yeah, um, just the competitive streak. Uh, we were just talking in uh, ShuttlePod 1 uh, two episodes ago about how um, they ramped Reed's Britishness right up and it didn't quite sit well because they, it, it was unsure where they were going with him. Like, are they making him so British or not? Yep. But this 
felt so British and being so passive aggressive and yes. competitive um, that it was so spot on. Like that's exactly how he would be. Yeah. Um, and, and given everything we've learned about him so far and his family history and everything, that competitive streak just, it just bleeds through. And I really wish they kept that going. And I really hope that as I watch through Enterprise, that it is sort of there and there are those little snippets um, because it is, it's much more believable than, mm. you know, ramping up the Britishness and always talking in a very clipped British way. Just the passive aggressiveness. That's what you need in a Brit. That's what it's for. We get to a campsite uh, and uh, Reed and Paul are going off onto sort of like a, a perimeter search. They're going around and we see that they're being observed and it's a bit predator. That's that's the movie that came stark straight out uh, in my mind as I was watching this again. It's sort of like a not quite heat thermal vision, but it's sort of like a red tint to the to the vision. So they're being watched. And then we meet the paintballing gang, the guys who have gone on their uh, team building exercise. Uh, they're in their full camo gear. They've got all the gear. They've got all their version of Google Glass going on um, and um, they're hunting for something. And we find out that hunting has been out for 100 years. Um, so it's, it's quite handy because a couple of uh, episodes ago, we found out that uh, slavery went out 100 years ago as well. So um, it, it was that 100-year mark. They threw mm. everything out, didn't they? The whole baby in the bathwater, everything went. Yeah. It wasn't just a staggered thing. 100 years ago, slavery, hunting, you name it, we did it, gone. Um, so they've done really well. <laughs> and a read again, very British, wants to get in on the hunt. Um Hunt, yes. hunting may be gone but it's still there in reed's blood uh any thought on the hunters and when we first meet them yeah i think i think the paintballing is a good good idea you know they're, they're a little bit i don't know if obvious is the right word but you know they're a bit sort of they're, they're hunters they're clearly hunters if you know what i mean they're, they're sort of you know i really like the fact that reed dives in straight away you know he's like oh yes you know <laughs> again it's like you know it's almost like he gets to shoot another missile you know it's the same sort of <laughs> attitude really you know he um he can't wait to go hunting, you know, because he's sort of that, that, again that's that's read all over, isn't it? So yeah. again, it fits really nicely. I would love a scene where he went back to the ship into his quarters, and there's a full red fox hunting outfit uh, that, and a bugle, and yes. uh, he was ready to go and just have all these hunters like turn around, like what on earth is that? You're going to stand out a mile. These these creatures can see red, you know. A dark planet they can see red far better just come on just put take that off um i would have loved to have seen that but there we go a uh, trip is brought along uh, and they bring more crew down as they're going to sort of uh, bed in with the with the hunters for a bit it seemed a bit odd that that would be the choice because obviously this is a hunt it's a biological environment there isn't much technology going on here and given that we've already established you know crewman cutler uh, you've got other members of the crew who are sort of biologists, um, you know, mm. flocks maybe, but, you know, that would be interesting. But Crewman Cutler has already been established as the person who knows about worms and insects and, and safety and doing that. Why she wasn't brought in, I thought it was a bit odd. Um, mm. uh, but, they, you know, that's by the by. We've had some odd away team choices uh, in other episodes as well. Um, but it, it, already at this point, even though we've introduced the concept of hunting, so you kind of think, right, okay, this episode's going to be about, you know, environmentalism and maybe protection of animals and, and Archer's going to maybe go against this. Even before we get what else happens in the episode, you already see that this is kind of where it's going. I didn't really see why. Like, I didn't get, mm. okay, all right, why would this episode be in there? Um, I know that hunting is a big part of American culture, 
Yeah. And, and and gun culture goes with that as well. Over here in the UK, there was the fox hunting ban at roughly the same time that Enterprise yeah. was being introduced. Um, but I didn't know if it, that was a hot button issue. You know, was that something that really needed to be discussed? You know, last last week uh, we were talking about fusion. You know, this is you know domestic violence and abuse and yep. things, and, and that is an ongoing issue, and that will always be sadly an issue to talk about. But is hunting really? a big issue something that star trek to, should tackle it's really interesting i don't know i mean i think um i'm trying to think back to that that sort of early 2000s i suppose vegetarianism was beginning to sort of become more more sort of widely thought about and talked about and, and I, I guess you've hit now on the head really maybe is that you know it's a very american concern mm. you know, hunting is a is a part of american culture or certainly from from our side of the pond it it, mm. it seems to be um so whether it's just like feeding into that mm. that sort of general sort of part of the culture i'm not sure really but i, I agree i mean i think towards the end there's a stronger a stronger message i suppose about sort of you know hunting and stuff and the, mm. and the the you know the um moral issues around that and stuff but it doesn't feel like they ever I, i'm not sure they were exploring it to be honest with you i think it was more just a story really rather than trying to say something i don't it doesn't feel to me like they're trying to say something maybe mm. they were and they didn't quite hit it but yeah because it i mean over here you know hunting is almost an elitist sport well it is mm. an elitist sport you know it is the you know the upper classes who yeah. engage in this and things you know you might get the groundskeepers who are part of it as well but you know class-wise there's a very small part of british society that are involved in this um yeah. so really for the entire country an episode about hunting there's probably not really much going on there. We all agree that it's barbaric and it's an ancient practice. We don't really need to do it. Uh, all right. In America, you've got slightly more dangerous animals <laughs> than a fox and a badger. Um, you know, <laughs> your, your culls probably have to be a bit more involved. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just seemed odd. Uh, um, but yeah. There we go. But with the vegetarianism, I suppose it makes sense now that they've got to poll with them as well. That they do have that argument coming into it, and they do mention it, and um, the, you know the barbaric practice of, of not looking after animals and, and so forth. Um, uh, and then we get straight into the first scene, the ghostly scene, the where the episode switches up, and it becomes mm. almost a ghost story. Um, we get uh, a female female voice uh, calling out for Jonathan, and just whispering it on the wind. He goes towards it, doesn't even think to tell his crew there's almost a hypnotic element to it. So he's not quite acting the way he should. They all blame him lack of sleep. He gets shamed by the hunters. Um, again, he's getting shamed again. So Reed has already got two more badges than he does. The <laughs> hunters are now uh, also shaming Archer as well. Um, uh, we learn about firewolves as the big th yes. the hunting prey. That's the kind of what they're saying it might, might have been. Um, and that Reed gets straight in with the false bravado as well. He's like, mm. Reed, leads, oh, going down a point. And he's <laughs> he's properly going to wear the spoons on this one. He is really he is. getting in. Yep. Um, there's uh, also talk of uh, finding this other sort of thermal vent and they're going to go off. Mm. Uh, so whilst Reed is doing um, his thing with the hunters, they're going to go and uh, discover this, oh, this Yellowstone Park uh, type thermal vent, the regular event that is keeping the heat on the planet. Um, and that there are other uh, planets that Topol's gone to where this sort of system 
exist like denver prime and uh, as with the one she mentioned so it's something that they know how it works but they just want to go and do a you know scientific survey so so forth um any thoughts on the ghostly woman reed getting a bit laddish uh he's getting a bit in the lag culture uh and um uh the firewolves and and sort of the first deception that the hunters try and put forward oh it was just a firewolf screaming that's all it was um, well, you just got me thinking actually about the macho thing. I wonder whether that's something that is what we're looking at rather than than maybe sort of environmentalism and stuff. You know, that mm. sort of idea of of you know they're they're very macho the, mm. the, the hunters, and of course, and Reed sort of joins in with that. Although I wouldn't describe Reed as macho at all, really. But he's got that. I mean, he's got that sort of he's got that strange thing in him, isn't he? He's got that you know. He, he loves a bit of violence, I think. You know, <laughs> he's a, he's a boxing fan. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's sort of, you know, um, and yeah, I get that's that's quite interesting for me because, in some ways, Archer is played as as quite macho. He, you know, he's the first captain. He's the, you know, he's the leader of this thing. You know, and I think at times he he comes across as quite macho, but actually, what's interesting is he's almost like a new man in this episode. You know, mm. he's almost like a sort of, you know, um, and and I think his interaction with the, with the the ghost or with the with the um, the creature is very gentle. Is very sort of, you know, he's yeah. So whether that's something that that's happening in this episode is it's this sort of, you know, this this dichotomy between, you know, macho men and more sort of emotionally aware men for one of a a better word i suppose but mm. you know so maybe that's something, something that hadn't occurred to me but certainly that interests me definitely and i think maybe as we talk through you might decide that's something that is there or isn't there but um yeah it's interesting that they what's interesting as well with the hunters is that they lie straight from the, the off mm. Mm. which suggests they they are aware that what they're doing could be seen as as questionable to say the least i don't know why really other than other than that reason i don't know why they would not say you know we're hunting this amazing creature that gets into your mind and all the stuff that they say a bit later on and stuff so they it's almost like they're aware that that they could be seen as as you know in the wrong mm. which I, I find strange because i don't imagine in their culture it would be seen as it's obviously not seen as wrong in their culture so why would they automatically think that this these people would would have an issue with this mm. Mm. unless that they have put forward this idea that oh we do this all the time this is this is um you know uh, everyday occurrence for us we go to this planet we hunt these creatures um everybody loves it uh, and when we bring it back we we do it i mean i suppose you could say you know what if this were a planet nearby earth you know able to get to in a rocket ship within a couple of days and an enterprise came and visited uh, the elite upper classes on a fox hunt on a rogue planet you know to them to the elites who are in a fox hunt that's an everyday occurrence we do this all the yeah. time this is uh old tradition that we've carried through but 90 percent of you know the uk aren't behind them they aren't uh, you know uh, willing to go along with fox hunts and and so forth um so i suppose yeah they, they must be aware that there's maybe more than one species who just find it abhorrent that they were mm. doing this um, and that they're, they're I mean, defensive. Yeah, I mean the other option, I suppose, the other possibility is that is actually within their culture, it's it's a 
it's they're in the same situation as the fox hunt you know it's actually mm. something that people frown on and there's a sort of small group of people that that continue the the tradition for one of a better word mm. um and they're actually aware that you know there are issues around it and <laughs> yeah so it's interesting that I, and again it's something that i hadn't hadn't occurred to me but i think there's yeah that's a really interesting little sort of area to think about i think with this episode you know mm. they seem aware that there's an issue here which i find strange if it isn't if it's part of their culture it certainly feeds into the next scene as well when um trip is there at this yellowstone geothermal vent and it gives him a chance to sort of talk to archer and say look what, what's really going on you seem to be acting very strange he is able to question him as a friend and i think yep. this this undoes my early traitred uh because it's a really nice moment where he's sort of saying you know you're acting irrational um and archer does say how have you ever seen me act irrational and he alludes to this poker game that ever happened on the on the jupiter station and i would love a little short trek of that i have to say um but we have seen sort of archer really push and try, try and you know be a little bit um shooting from the hip and hmm. and be irrational i mean as saval said as i mentioned earlier he's disabled stabilized the entire sector with these off-the-cuff decisions um irrationality is part of the game admittedly this is odd because he didn't hmm. tell the rest of the crew when he went off to go and examine um the the noise that he was hearing from the trees he is acting differently to how we've seen him before but he has yep. acted irrationally um yes. and you know he's been six seven months on a starship that they've never had before on a long deep space mission um what if it's having you know bigger effects on him than um than just this planet um so i thought it was a nice uh, attempt to sort of show that you know it's uh, a guy talking to another guy and yeah. being honest about their feelings and things which may play into this machismo um you know the macho hunters and the new man maybe that is maybe this whole, whole episode was all about that transition from the the older trek which has always been you know um yep. al alpha males we can do everything to maybe examine what you're actually doing maybe take a moment and think about what what you're doing um and how you're acting um so maybe that was it maybe that was something that the writing team were going for whether that's explicit i don't know but there we go it's interesting with with archer actually i <laughs> I was on another podcast. I, I, I seem to spend mm. my life guest, guesting on podcasts. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about the episode um, uh, Night in Sick Bay. Mm. And in that one, Archer is like Mr. Angry, Mr. Sort of, you know. And it's, it's something that I've sort of thought about when I was talking on, on that podcast is that I don't think they ever quite pinned Archer down as to his character. You know, because there's, there's lots of moments like this one where he's quite sort of gentle, I suppose, or mm. quite sort of introspective and stuff. And there's other times, as you say, when he just dives in two-footed and just, you know, and I, I, and I wonder whether that's what we're seeing here is that this, this inability to sort of quite work out who Archer is. Mm. Archer is the captain, so he's got to have you know, a certain degree of sort of alpha maleness, I suppose, or sort of leadership and stuff. Mm. But equally, I think he um, he quite often comes across as quite gentle and quite sort of, um, weak's the wrong word, but sort of, yeah, just a gent sort of more sort of modern man, for want of a better word. Mm. Um, but then equally, the next episode, he can be Mr. Agro, you know, <laughs> So yes, in this this particular episode, he's, he's Mr. 
sort of gentle and kind and stuff. And but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We're, uh, obviously, as we go go through the series, we're maybe be able to at the end of this whole experience, we might come to a sort of a, a conclusion on Archer and, and the others. But um, yeah, we'll see. Mm. But certainly, this episode he's very sort of um, enlightened and sensible and and kind and stuff. Mm. Uh, what was the podcast? Make sure they get a shout out. Oh, it was um, it was um, the measure of a fan. Measure of a fan. Excellent. Measure that's of the, a fan. Is, yeah, that's the one where there it's one fan who hasn't seen it. That's and right. We're introducing him to, to all of them. Is that in order, or are they doing it just higgledy piggledy? No, that's in order. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Always love a, a podcast that does it in order as well. So uh, yeah, I, I love it's the higgledy piggledy stuff, and I love uh, an, order, an ordered podcast as well. So that's all good. Yeah, it was it was really good. It's just come out actually. It's just been released. So um, excellent. Well, I don't know what the date is today, but whenever, yeah, it's just been released. And it was really good actually. I enjoyed it. It was, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's I, I seem to like guesting on podcasts more than I do <laughs> making podcasts. Well, you are a great guest. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> put it on your CV, professional podcast guest. There we go. Uh, uh, they go back to read with the hunters and they're, they're doing their scoping out and they, they find sort of a sensor ghost. So they know that there's something there that isn't this fire wolf or this weird pig monster thing that they've been hunting as well. This uh, it's almost like a targ, really it kind of look like mm. a targ from, um, uh, from sleeping dogs. Um, yes. but, uh, Archer then sees her again. So roughly the same time they see the sensor ghost, we are now seeing there's a comparison. So whatever they're hunting is definitely affecting Archer or is some way communicating it. This time, uh, we see her, we see that, um, there's more of a communication, or at least a message saying, I need you, I need your help. Um, uh, the hunters, uh, fire on her and we get the word harm. And uh, mm. it, it really puts me in mind of the TOS episode, Devil in the Dark, you know, pain yes. when when uh, Spock's got his his hands and doing the mind meld with the rock. Um, yeah, uh, it, it felt like it was a throwback there. And I think there are a lot of comparisons between those two episodes um, because of the, you know, the endangerment of this thing that is perhaps harmful mm. or seen as dangerous by the people who are being hunted by it. This time it's the other way around. It's the hunters who are being harmful towards it. And, you know, uh, the the creature is already being believed from the get-go. Whereas in Devil yes. in the Dark, we kind of come to yeah. that realisation later on. Um, it disappears. Trip and Paul then manage to catch up with Archer uh, and realise they, they've got no sense of glitch. They can't see it. So we, the audience, have seen it. And, and thanks to this device that I am podcasting with, we've seen it. Uh, but uh, as far as any readings and sensors and anything to pour or trip have there on them we have no data to, to go so we're still questioning jonathan's sanity yeah. i guess his rationale i think um this is something that um again it's just popped into my head really so i'm, I'm, I'm off the cuff here mm. but it's something that is 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 such a sort of trope in tv i mean the, the classic example is the x-files mm. where you know every week they don't believe the person, you know, <laughs> but it always turns out to be, you know, and this is sort of that, you know, that Jonathan's saying, you know, this is what's happening. And they're like, oh, it can't possibly be that, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, all their experience would suggest that actually, yes, you know, it's probably um, 
it's probably what's happening, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a sort of a side, really, just a little sort of thing that just sort of popped into my head. But it's, it's such a, a thing. I suppose I need it to drive the story and stuff. But it always makes me laugh, you know. Especially X Files, obviously, is the the classic, you know, eight series or whatever it was of of X Files, and then she still doesn't believe in, you know. <laughs> it's only after she's been abducted, after she was uh, taken down by government agents, only yeah. after this, after that, then yeah. maybe yeah. she might give him the time of day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, there, there, there is kind of a weird X Files sort of vibe mm. to this to this episode you know uh filmed in the dark filmed in a forest happens quite a lot in the x-files um you know a, a strange ghostly presence and so so forth so yeah very 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 true but yeah it is a very annoying trope when you know a character has spent uh, the good part of six months at least in this chronology um having the most weird and wonderful experiences yeah why can't there be some random person on the planet who we can't detect there we go um uh, the hunter is attacked, or one of the hunting party from the the paintball team is attacked, and uh, we take them up to flocks, and we uh, we get another lie that it was this Drajan pig. We finally get a name for this pig monster thing, um, and uh, you know it's not consistent. It doesn't seem to line up. You know that there's this as much damage to this hunter as a small pig with horns and husks would be able to do. Um, uh, there is a nice scene in the tent between Archer and T'Pol talking about um, believability, talking about um, uh, believing in what you appear to see and what you want to see. Um, we do get a, um, a suggestion that maybe he is uh, going crazy or he's he's got some um, mania in him. Uh, but given that we just had Strange New Worlds a few months ago, uh, there, there could be psychotropic substances in the atmosphere that are affecting him in a different way. You know, he was one of the first people on the planet. Maybe Reed just doesn't get it because he's, you know, hyped up on adrenaline or whatever. Um, there's so many believable scientific explanations as to why he might be going this way. Yeah. And she's not really going down that route. She doesn't want to disprove it. Um, mm. But it's, it, yeah, it, it comes back into that trope that, trope that uh, we just discussed that, yeah, there's so many possibilities that you're not exploring um, and trying to sort of tick off the list. Well, it can't be that, can't be this. Um, you know, uh, it's very odd that they're not going down that route, but at least there is a conversation about it. Yeah. Flox uh, then finds a clue in the remains or uh, something that's inside the hunter in the wound uh, that this is an odd creature that is changing and adapting and it has the ability to take on uh, new traits of whoever it's attacking. Um, armed with a tricorder now, Archer then goes out to try and find the lady, and we get a little bit more. We're not like you. Uh, we want yeah. uh, help again. Her language is getting better. Um, they telepathically know the language. Now, this is something that I came back to in Dear Doctor how they were able to uh, surmise the language from the sick alien after two clicks on a button and two sentences being spoken. Uh, I had little, I had little sort of uh, uh, brain uh brain fart and the kind of head cannon going on that maybe brain types because they've scanned his brain they can kind of work out oh it's sort of like this language well maybe this creature can do telepathic reading and work out a language maybe there's something in the in the star trek universe that allows for that so uh, i'm feeling validated that's all i'm saying from that scene. <laughs> uh any thoughts on sort of, we're getting a mystery now the flocks is sort of discovering stuff yeah it's uh, 
it's it's an interesting one really um flocks normally is so sort of exuberant and stuff it doesn't come across like that in this one mm. but he's very very sort of intelligent in this one mm. in this scene you know he's 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 sort of picked up this this issue and he's saying you know there's something going on here and that the others haven't really picked up on and they, they've just accepted what the hunters have said so far mm. and this is the first moment where where flock says hang on a minute we need to look at this because something's happening so again i suppose it's like a really sort of important little little moment that that turns the episode slightly and um takes it down a different route of of sort of exploring this what's going on actually and there's something there's something there's a mystery appearing mm. up to this point it's just been a bunch of guys on the planet hunting <laughs> you know we might not agree with hunting but they're hunting and, and you know it's all sort of like a bit of a camping trip and stuff mm. and this is the moment where it takes a sort of turn which is a nice little sort of important moment but in a nice little tight little scene that just does the job mm. yeah it's it moves it from this is just a dumb animal that they're hunting as they claimed to uh something that is perhaps intelligent that has mm. uh, that has rationale that has something else to it uh, and there is the start of a debate we find out from the hunters that there is the this prey called the wraith uh, uh the the ghost a shapeshifter um and um there's a debate between how do you know the difference between an intelligent being and one that is acting out of instinct mm. uh, and how do you define intelligence which was a sort of a theme but again it came yep. comes quite late as you say it comes quite late in the episode so it makes it hard to think that this was the 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 idea for the episode the whole way through um we also get a sense that there have been lots of people who have been killed um seriously injured by these creatures and that they've lost hunters in the past and is this more about revenge rather than a cultural historical hunt you know this is not tradition this is vengeance um uh, which is a nice sort of balance between mm. working out what the creature's intentions are and working what the hunter's intentions are and you know the the back and forth between that from that archer is then disgusted and we move from that calm gentle archer yep. that we've had so far into the briefing scene where it's almost like a tactical operation how do we take or stop the hunter's advantage um and uh, flox is able to mask a chemical he's been able to make a chemical agent that will change um the chemistry of, of these animals so that they cannot be discovered by the the tech that the the hunters are finding and we then get an allusion to why she's chosen or why the the creature has chosen the woman and that there was a poem that he sort of remembered in the back of his head uh, the song uh, of a wandering uh, traveler, I think it was called, uh, by uh, Yates, and it's a vision of perfection. And it just—I mean, the way he describes the poem, it's almost as though this writer has just lifted the entire poem and just made an episode about it, um, which is fun. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, any thoughts on the sort of the the tactical response, the the briefing that they're going to go through? Um. Yeah, I think it's again. It's it's interesting. The the reaction is is straight away. You know, it's it's showing this sort of enlightened humans again. You know, we talked about you know how hunting and stuff went out a hundred years ago, and it's very interesting that humanity seems to have sort of clicked the moment that the the Vulcans arrived. 
They just went like they, they you know, there, there's no sort of development of that. You know, it's not. I'm sure there must be sort of things overhanging from before the Vulcans still in in culture, but we don't see that at all. And this mm. is really, um, you know, the the sort of epitome, epitome of that. You know, um, they're 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 possibly a sentient life form. You know, all these sort of Star Trek things that that are in later series or not well earlier series of course but you know later in the timeline series are there in that in that moment you know the sort of it's almost like um it's almost like the prime directive has, has appeared mm. and and is is working right now without realizing it if you know what i mean it's you know that, that it's a very star trek thing to do is to you know um i think um the stuff with the um, the poem is really nice as well. I like that mm. a lot, and I think you might be right. I think it could well be that they they someone read that poem or, or come across that poem and it, it started saying you know because mm. it, it works really nicely and I like that a lot. Um, and yeah, so I think it, again it, it's this it's this ramping up, isn't it? It's a ramping up of the reaction. You know, there was sort of, other than Reed, there was a sort of concern about the hunting and stuff in general. But, you know, they're, they're pigs. So, mm. you know, it's not the end of the world and, you know, mm. that sort of idea. But this is this ramps it up again. Mm. Mm. It, Trip does bring up a good point about the, the, the image that he'd almost forgotten. You know, why mm. did the creature pick an image that was yeah. so deeply buried in his subconscious? Why didn't it go for something maybe a bit more recent? Yeah. Um, and it did make me think of Civilization, one of uh, the first episodes yes. you guessed it on, um, where, you know, why didn't he pick the image of her from the planet? You know, his recent, most yeah, recent love story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been a, a great way because they ended that episode with him saying that I'd be hard to forget you. That yes. would have been a nice little callback for this episode. You know, why are you here? How did you travel X yeah. amount of light years? You know, um, did they did the uh, the other aliens bring you here uh, or something like that? Mm. Um, I think it, it, for us, the audience, it might have been a bit more of a, an arc and a payoff, uh, and mm. we would have got a, a sense of what was going on already. Because how did she get here? That's a real big problem. So it's just yeah. a, just as much of an, uh, a mystery to us as it is uh, to Archer. Whereas this, because it was more ethereal and we didn't really know what it was, we we already know that there is a link between this animal being hunted because of a previous scene and her. Uh, I think it would have made it even more weird, uh, more Star Trek, yeah. more 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 crazy if it was a character mm. maybe we'd seen just a few weeks ago. I wonder if the only problem with that would, in storytelling wise, would be that it would be obvious to Archer straight away that this isn't a real person. Then it mm. can't be her because she's, you know. Also, I'm going to jump back slightly, but um, mm, yeah, um, the stuff when the hunters talk about going into the the um, get the, the the i think he said something like until recently they killed more of us than we killed of them mm. um and f funny enough it was civilization that popped into my head that again it's a very sort of um imperialistic way of thinking about things you know yes it's like oh well you know we 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 we're right to do this because you know actually that 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 they beat us you know they they you know so it's it's a very sort of you know um, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, the problem is it's in popped into my head, so I'm trying to sort of <laughs> work it all out as I'm speaking, sort of thing. But you know, 
that sort of idea that you know oh well you know they they you know they they killed some of ours so we can kill some of theirs sort of thing you know mm. um and again I mean, so uh, it feeds into that idea you know is is this just revenge then is it you yeah know, has it really just boiled down to the fact that the hunters hated the fact that they were outsmarted by yeah. what what we'll eventually find out is a giant slug and, yes. and they took that so to heart and yeah. because of their macho image they didn't yeah. want to show weakness and therefore yeah. they, their only response was violence uh, yes. and that was the only reason they were doing it um yeah i, I like that that yeah that it comes from this maybe deep-rooted inferiority complex maybe thinking that they're not the most smartest or um, most dangerous in the world um, and that their identity of hunters is being questioned by the fact that they are taken out so easily by just a dumb creature in a forest as far as they can see yeah absolutely i think you're right i think you've hit the nail on the head there i think um you know that idea that they can be bested mm. and you know and and that you know that that it insults their sort of you know as you say their culture their hunting culture you know these are just as you say dumb animals and you know mm. Although obviously they, they sort of they are more than that, and and I think the hunters acknowledge that, but they won't acknowledge that they're intelligent in a in a way. As I say, I think there's different ways of measuring intelligence, and you know and they they don't see them in, on the same level as themselves, and and so the fact that they're they're until recently were being you know beaten for want of a better word would would really feed into that that cultural sort of, you know, superiority and stuff and, and sort of imperialistic ideas of, you know, white men being better. Mm. You know, again, they all tend to, they all happen to be white. Again, you know, we can talk about choices in, in, um, in casting and stuff and, you know, the whiteness of Star Trek and stuff, but that, that's maybe, a, you know, mm. but another it, day, but it certainly feeds into this episode. I mean, yeah. you could, you could make a, a whole new interpretation of this episode. And again, something we've been doing throughout the rewatch uh, in Temporal Trek is uh, rewatching this episode, not only thinking of what they were thinking when they were making it, but, you know, going back with new, fresher eyes with a different perspective. Um, you could really see that you know this episode would be a great talking point for that. You know, this is the white male psyche yeah. uh, being explored. Even though that yeah. wasn't the intention of the episode, you could easily make a case for that being um, what they're going through. Um, we Speaking of machismo and everything like that, we then move from the, the height of uh, intellect versus instinct, and we go to the, the Star Trek-y, let's finish on a punch-up. And let's finish on an action note. Uh, and uh, we get, you know, the, the creature is being hunted, turning into trees, uh, then using from that moment to swipe and kill because they've now taken Flox's medicine, yes. his, uh, his, his chemical agent that will uh, make him undetected to the hunter's uh, superior tech. Um, uh, it goes from a Drajan pig to a tree, uh, back to a slug, and then it goes around again. And I do like that Archer comes back to gloat that they know what's going on it's like oh did you, did yeah. you not find did you not find what you were looking for oh that's that's very true um uh, terrible terrible uh, <laughs> and, and that the hunters pick up on that it it, yeah. it does now feel like um where the hunters were going for revenge with these creatures it's almost like archer is now getting revenge for all of the teasing mm. he got for uh, being That's... irrational earlier so it's just come round in circles like the, the he's them playing them at their own game um uh, any thought on the gloating and the sort of the action sequence did you feel it, uh, it worked was it a bit stilted you know 
it was the cgi convincing enough to, to sort of get into the story or did it throw you out um the cgi was okay i think if i'd watched it in 2001 then it probably would have been great <laughs> um you know effects always get worse as you as you see them from the, the past uh, from the future don't don't they so um i quite again i, I quite like that I, I really like the bit when they sort of flash the, the lights into their eyes you know and sort of <laughs> oh hello guys how's it going you know and it's yeah and it's that unspoken thing isn't it that you know they the, the hunters know something happened they know you know and it's all like unspoken but it's all it's all there you know so yeah i think it was a nice way to round off the sort of the, the interaction with the hunters certainly mm. and and that sort of yeah gloating is a good word mm. uh the the last scene of the whole thing is where he revisits her tells her that you know um you should be safe for a while they might come back with better technology and find you even uh, with this this change uh, and there's a nice little scene where she says goodbye uh, and they mention never stop seeking what seems unattainable. And I thought it was a nice little uh, you know, line to end on, whether it has something to do with the episode, whether that's something really that um, mm. goes on with, because it's more of a comment on him and his yes. journey as an explorer, but didn't really have anything to do with what was going on throughout the whole episode. Um, so it's a character moment for Archer but not necessarily a plot point or a, a, yep. an overarching message um, for the for the episode. And we find out that she is a giant slug uh, and that uh, Archer has now had his second, well, no, th- no, it's third now, isn't it? So he had his, his kiss with the Sulaban in the pilot. He had yep. civilization. Now this yep. is his third romance. So he's gone from uh, Sulaban genetically altered to medieval scientist to slug. Yeah, that's a range. That is a big range. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think again, it's, it that's feels like again without watching rewatching it all, but it feels like a bit of a trope in Star Trek. I'm thinking of um, the pilot for the original series. You know, the, the mm-hmm. salt monster. Yeah. You know, and, and and also sort of muds women and stuff like that. There's always that sort of beautiful woman who turns out to be a slug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I mean yeah there's a lot of things to go into that we could dig for days i think in, into why that's a, a trope in tv um yeah very strange yeah women women don't appear to be what they are and there's something completely different uh maybe it's a male staff uh, in the writers team yeah. i don't know uh, maybe yeah uh, but there we go uh, <laughs> and that is the episode so yeah. a, a lot happens in this episode as we yeah. were discussing just before we hit record a lot of beats sort of happen and um, there's a lot to discuss, but not necessarily easy to pick out what was the mm. message, what was the overriding part of the episode. So as we go into the next category, the next writing's criteria, what was the consequence of this episode? Does anything change for Starfleet, the way it works? Uh, you know, going forward, are they ever going to really come back to what happened here in Rogue Planet as a as a benchmark for their behaviour and how the whole Star Trek universe would unfold. No, I don't think so. But I think the one thing it does do, and it's not really a consequence, but it's almost like an example of um, the way humans are thinking at this point. Mm. The, the evolution of of um, humanity for one, you know, again, maybe that's a bit over grand, but, you know, their, their reaction once they found out that this was a sentient being 
um, that sort of thing. You know, it's very it's very Star Trek. Mm, mm. So it's not a consequence as such, but it just shows where they are. I think. Hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So uh, it's almost a, a, a retroactive. It's a, yeah. it's making sure that you know that humanity has moved on. It doesn't condone this, and it will take action. Yeah, I like that. And it, it there are other episodes as well. I mean, we talked about Devil in the Dark, where it's this the idea of standing up for something that is defenseless in some respects. Even though this um, this slug, this wraith, this ghost um, has more than uh, the capability to take on the hunters for itself, they are of course using superior technology and will yep. hunt these to extinction uh, by the sounds of it. Uh, so there is that that element i guess that it cements this idea that maybe starfleet should be out there protecting those who um cannot protect themselves um yep. uh, so yeah yeah but other than that i can't think of anything that would be drafted up you know a new routine no. oh you know remember uh, archer on the rogue planet that's what we're going to do from here um i should maybe re- rename this uh, this whole category of consequences to you know uh, what is the darmak and jalad of this you know what what do we <laughs> What do we get? What is the the metaphorical message that comes from this episode? Um, from consequences, we go to alterations or expansions. Uh, I mentioned the poker game back in Jupiter yep. Station that I would love to find out what happened there. Uh, but anything that you would want to see expanded, would you want to go back to this haunting culture at some point? Um, anything that could have been done differently? Do you know what? Actually, I think this is a pretty good episode. Hmm. I don't think it's a great episode. Mm. but I think it's a pretty good episode. So there's not nothing that jumps out at me that needs alteration, really. I think it, it sits in itself quite nicely. It tells a good story. Um, no, I don't think I'd like to see the, the Hunters again because I think they're a bit boring. Mm. They're a bit sort of one-dimensional. They're a bit sort of... Maybe, I mean, maybe that would be the alteration. Maybe if we saw more of their culture, it would explain more, you know, but... Not really. I mean, I'm not bothered enough to want to see that. So, I think it sit. It, it sort of it it holds itself quite well, really. I think mm. so. I, I don't think there's nothing that I can think of, really. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I I enjoyed this. I would go back to this. I would watch this as yeah. like a if it was streaming on TV and I'm just sort of flicking through the channels. I would probably sit and watch the rest of it. Um, yeah. It's it's odd. Yeah. Um, even though I, I don't think there was a single message they were trying to make, there is this idea of um, how you're, you're perceived or your actions speak for yourselves. So starting from the beginning of the episode, they're taking a photo of Archer and it's your looks versus what your actions are as we meet the hunters. It's, you know, what are they doing as opposed to what they should be doing or perhaps maybe not go, you know, going and exterminating an entire race of creatures that are perhaps intelligent um you know, questioning your actions there is enough in this episode to really think and mine as we have just done for the last hour or so um to really get something out of it even if it's not going to be in your top 10 even if it's not going to yeah. be amazing um yeah. so really yeah for me it is only i want to know more about jupiter station i, I want to see the yeah. poker game that's it um there we go uh Right. Well, going into the next criteria is recommendations. So first of all, with recommendations, we do recommend uh, to Star Trek fans. Do we recommend this episode to Star Trek fans? Is it essential in the rewatch? I'm pausing. Mm. (laughs) 
because no, it's not essential in the rewatch, but it's a pretty good episode. Again, I think you've hit again. You're you're sort of right. You know, um, if it was on, I'd sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. And if I was watching on Netflix or whatever, and it, you know, like I'd just watched the previous episode, and it came on, I'd probably sit and sit through it. You know, I wouldn't sort of go, "Oh no, I'm skipping that one." Mm-hmm. But equally, I wouldn't sort of say you've got to watch this. Mm. Yeah, I- I'm struggling as well. Um, there's. <laughs> There's the ambiguity of this criteria. I don't know why I've set this myself. Um, yeah, but uh, recommending to Star Trek fans, it really is. If, do I learn a lot about Star Trek from this episode? And whilst there is the element of we've banned hunting, we've moved on as a species, we get a sense of Archer, we get a good character beat for Archer the whole way through the episode. It isn't essential. There are other episodes, as I've mentioned, Devil in the Dark and so on. And uh, you mentioned with um, the the Salt Vampire in TOS that will hit these beats and perhaps be a bit more iconic with it or a bit Mm. more Mm. relatable with it um, or have a a more solidified message within the episode. So I think there are a lot more Star Trek episodes that do this and do it better than this episode. Not to say it's a bad episode. I think all the performances are great. Uh, you know the the CGI, yeah, maybe it looks a bit ropey twenty years on, but for what it was, believable. It does what it needs to do. Um, there wasn't a, a, the disconnect that we've seen in previous episodes yep. between CGI and, and what's being said in the script. It's a good one, but no, I don't think I could recommend to a Star Trek fan. It doesn't. It's not essential to what you need, no. and there's going to be better episodes to come. Yeah. Just to non-Star Trek fans, is this a gateway drug? Is this the part of the um, brainwashing kit? as we've uh, been describing in previous episodes. Again, I'm going to say no, but again, I think I've done this before, but I'm going to caveat it with, <laughs> actually, it's a pretty good Star Trek show episode. It's a arrive at the planet, deal with an issue, go off episode. So it's got that tos feel again, which I think I've, I've said about, I think Civilization I said that about. Mm. So it's it's one I wouldn't maybe recommend, but I would think that maybe it'd be one of those ones that you'd you'd watch once you're starting to get into Star Trek. Mm, it's nice. a sort of, yeah, it's a sort of, I don't know, it's like ramping up the um, the dose nice. rather than sort of, you know, getting you hooked at the first, <laughs> you know, first time. It's, it's just, you know, it starts to make sense. Once you've seen a few Star Trek episodes, it makes sense as a Star Trek episode, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if I'm peddling this, it's not the first one. It's not the first one that's free. It's not the yeah. one I charge the extortionate fee for. Exactly, yeah. It's the one to keep the customer coming back. Yeah, it's, absolutely, it's the, yeah. It's the one I've sort of watered down with a bit of yeah. uh, talcum powder. Bit, uh, that's mixing, it, yeah, a bit know, of just, vim or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. I, I think one might add that into a category. Is this somewhere, you know, in the drug dealing? Is it? Is it the middle one? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, it's really difficult because... The subject of hunting, like I say, as much now as it was 20 years ago, it, it's there, but it's not It's not a hotbed issue. It's not the, the top topic of the day. And nice. I, I don't know whether it would hold someone's attention coming into Star Trek for the first time. But like you say, if you know a bit about Archer, you want to know more about Archer, this informs his character. It it's yep. establishes that he has maybe an environmental streak to him, that he has yep. an awareness that maybe things need protecting, um, that he... He has a moral character that extends to just more than uh, judging the Vulcans and uh, humans need to go and explore. You know, it's something, there's another element to him. 
Um, and as you say, still ill-defined and still, you know, uh, pieces of the puzzle are still being put together. Um, but yeah, there's there's more to be seen. I think I would. I think I would recommend to a non-Star Trek fan because okay. it, there is action in it. There's enough of an episode. Yeah. It's a coherent story in and of itself. But I wouldn't say it's the first thing we get to. This this will be in there, but it'll be later in the playlist of yeah uh, of the convincing uh, brainwashing kit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to gradient these and make a little list of of how far up these go. Um, make a whole new list of entire Star Trek franchises. <laughs> more work for me. Yeah. I was going to say, just make yourself some more work. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm still trying to. I'm, I'm slowly trying to work out the timeline. Uh, once I finish Enterprise and my head is starting to explode of thinking of all the scenes that happen before Discovery and TOS that I'm going to have to watch before I can then go on and yeah. oh god I'm, I don't know why did I do this to myself um, I'm, what no, I'm going to say to, all I'm going to say to you is Picard season 2 is coming out soon I know oh god I've got to go, <laughs> got to go back in time at the same time oh my <laughs> oh there we go anyway um well, woe is me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you again, Dan. Uh, I'm, Pleasure. We've come to the end of the criteria uh, for, for the guests. Um, again, uh, plug away with the podcast. Have we got more content yep. coming? Uh, the next we've episode? Got more, yeah, we've got. I'm, I'm in the process of getting a few lined up. So um, hopefully not long now. Um, Academic Trek, where you get your podcasts. Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. Excellent. And you were a recent guest on the Measure of a Fan podcast? Measure of a Fan, yep. Um, that's just come out. I'm not sure. What's the date today? Um, our date today is 11th for the 11th. Mm-hmm. Remembrance um, Day. There we go. Remembrance Day, of course, yeah. Thinking um, of Machismo, I completely missed yeah. this, you know, the idea yeah, of absolutely, you know, cele- yeah. celebrating Armed Forces Day. There we go. Very of course, yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that came out yesterday, so the 10th. So if you look back, it, it's the episode um, A Night in Sick Bay. Mm-hmm. Um if if you like it, please let them know because I'd like to get back on there again. <laughs> I enjoyed that, um, but yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, so you can find me where you find uh, lots of different podcasts, but mainly mainly other people's podcasts at the moment. I have downloaded the episode, uh, and I'm look I'm going to look forward to listening to it later as I'm uh, doing the dishes and cleaning the house. So um, I'll be listening to you again in a moment. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> Not that I'm stalking you. I just want to say no. I'm it's good. Yeah. <laughs> like a hunter of podcasts. There we go. Um, <laughs> Right. Well, the last criteria for me is S for setup. Uh, join me next time. Our next episode, uh, a chronodate season three, episode 20 of the podcast and season one, episode 18 of the first season of Enterprise as we go to acquisition. And we may be seeing a few species that we've seen before. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next time stream. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com.
The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. There we go. Great. Fantastic. There we go. Yeah, all good. Cool. Worked out really well. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you again. Um, Pleasure, I mate. Pleasure. Can't, can't remember when I've got you next booked in. Detained, is it? Is that the next one? Detained. Hang a second. Uh, let's bring up the old spreadsheet. If I lose this spreadsheet, I'm going <laughs> to... I would cry my eyes out. Um, <laughs> right, so Acquisition and Oasis I've got next. Those are solo shows. I've got Detained, uh, currently <coughs> booked in for... 22nd of november which is Ooh. a monday so is that still yep. okay yep. yeah that's what yep yep excellent um i think i'm what i'm going to do with the solo shows is just do um a, a acquisition and oasis just back to back next monday uh, yep. and just record 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 um and just try and catch up <laughs> More well, i'll be happy to join you on acquisition actually yeah, well, uh, but I don't. Be... I don't want to sort of end up, you know, co-hosting as such. But hey, that's fine. You've, you'd have to do any editing. All you have to do is watch the episode and have some thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to be on more episodes, that would help me so much. But I don't yeah, want to take up too much of your time because no, know, no, it's cool. Because I, 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 I did what I was talking about earlier. Actually, I was watching um, this ep- um, Rogue Planet and sort of sat through acquisition a little bit. <laughs> I've got quite a few things to say about acquisition, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, should we uh, go for Monday next week? Same yep, time? That's good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for yep. acquisition. Um...